Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way, our Southridge member podcast. Glad you're joining us again. And uh, this time on Family Day Monday, uh, I get to have a conversation with our family life pastor, Carrie Jones. Carrie, say hi to everyone. Hello. Uh, one of the things we want to do right at the beginning of these podcasts to, to give us all a bit more kind of orientation, uh, especially knowing some of us as members across all of our locations don't know you personally. Can you just start, first of all, by giving us a bit of background into your personal world, family dynamics and stuff? Yeah, sure. So um, I've been married for almost 22 years to Steve, and Steve and I, we attend our Vineland location. We live in the little town of Jordan Station. We have three girls. Grace is in her first year at university, Eva's in grade 12, and Beth is in grade 6. And how long, uh, how many of those 22 years of being married have mm. you been around Southridge? So it's been 18 years this summer. Yeah, a lot of them, I yeah. remember. Yeah. Um, originally, you, this is now pre-Southridge, this was back in the Fairview Louth era. You, mm. do you, any good story or anything on how you stumbled onto our church? Oh, gosh. Um, wow. Uh, how did I stumble upon our church? So I was actually working at a church, um, ironically doing youth ministry. So I, I went to Brock, study history, don't ask. Um, and then from there, I was working in, in camp ministry and youth ministry. And after Eva was born, decided I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And uh, the church that I was at, one of the I guess policies really was that when you left staff, you actually left the left the church, um, just to make it easier for the next person coming in. That was how they ran things, and uh, so we were looking for a church. And um, I had known Chris Fowler from university and knew that he went to Fairview Louth, and always kind of knew back then that Fairview Louth was a happening place. And so that's how we stumbled upon Fairview Louth. Yet another had, victim of Chris Fowler. Yeah, Here we that's go. That's <laughs> right. He probably doesn't even know that. Um, so we stumbled upon it and never left. And you've been, uh, we'll get into this, obviously, you've been our family life pastor for probably a year and a half now, almost two years. Yep. Uh, but before that, uh, we had a, a ministry dynamic going because for nine years, you served uh, on our board of elders. That's right. Um, you know, we've had other conversations about governance. We had Joan Hyatt uh, a few uh, podcasts ago. Okay. But uh, is there anything that you just want to say on behalf of governance from the perspective of that era of your life? That was a long time around here. So any any uh, any legacy from that era that's <laughs> worth sharing? Um, I guess what I will say about that is for those nine years that I was on the board, I didn't foresee me one day stepping off the board and stepping onto staff. I kind of had, you know, resigned myself or, or whatever it was that that was the that was the kind of leadership I was going to do around here. And, and it worked with the stage of life I was in and all that stuff. Um, and yet I feel like in a lot of ways, like so many other things in my life prepared me for such a time as this. And so it's kind of fun to be on this side of leadership and really valued my nine years on the board with the people and the things I learned and my understanding of Southridge and um yeah hey, you're at least familiar with who oversees us now <laughs> how, exactly. that, how that dynamic works exactly <laughs> um do you want to talk at all about the journey from the board onto staff what was going on in your 
life, heart, kind of... Yeah, yeah, that could almost be a podcast episode yeah, in yeah. and of itself. Um, a couple years before I left the board, um, I I was going through a bit of a phase in my life. My kids were getting older. I was working part-time. I was doing some work for the school board, and I was also working for a local team building company. Um, but I was also feeling restless, and I can't believe I'm saying this now, but I was feeling bored and looking for some challenge. And um, one of the things I had always kind of wanted to do a bit of a bucket list thing for me was to go back to school. And so in 2016, I started part-time studies through a seminary affiliated with the University of Toronto. And um, I felt a little awkward talking about it back then, but I was actually, or I still am, I was enrolled in my master's of pastoral studies, which felt kind of weird because I wasn't pastoring, yeah, but yeah. but loved what I was learning about both theology and psychology and all of that. And so that was happening in my life. And then... Um, I can't even remember really what prompted it. I just remember having a few conversations, Jeff, with you, with Joan, with the board, just feeling like, you know what, I think maybe my time is up. And I'm not because I want to leave, not because it hasn't been fantastic, just because feeling like maybe God has something else for me. Maybe there's, um, it's time for someone else to step onto the board. And so I had shared that out loud a few times and wasn't really sure what to do with that. But I did feel a lot of peace about it. And um, because I was on the board, I knew that this position was coming available. The the family life pastor position was coming available, and yet still hadn't really. Yeah, you still weren't connecting those dots. At that I, point. I wasn't connecting yeah. those dots, um, and it was actually I was um, I was also in the process of starting a course out west um, with the Canadian Institute of Enneagram Studies to become a certified Enneagram um, facilitator. And so it was just a couple hours before I boarded a plane that um, Ben Lockyer had actually asked me, would I ever consider this role? And so he kind of left that with me before I spent a week out west, which was ironically really good timing because I was by myself and I was near the ocean, had lots of time to think and walk and pray. But I remember, I don't know what came over me, but I remember getting on that plane and feeling all out of sorts um, and just wept the entire way to BC because I didn't know what God was doing, but I knew God was doing something and I needed to pay attention to it. And so that was what really began the the discernment process of maybe God has more for me in leadership at Southridge and um, something I never expected. And maybe I should pay attention to it and look at it. And so began involving my, my husband and my close family and friends into that process. And I couldn't think of a good good enough reason not to do it. So yeah, it, I here remember I am back in that era. You, you feeling because you talked about this already. As far as all the different plates that you were spinning, it 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 was a move of consolidating a lot of worlds and, yeah. and putting a lot of threads together, mm-hmm. uh, which was something that it felt like your heart was hungry for uh, mm-hmm. back in that era. Yeah, so the word was, I would use is like I felt aligned. I felt like all the pieces of my life were coming together, and. Um, looking back, it was actually quite exhausting when my life was not aligned. And so um, it feels really good and right to be to be in this place. And without oversimplifying it, I feel like all of my life has really prepared me for this role. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so the real question that I want to ask is, <laughs> is it more fun reporting to me or having me report to you? It depends. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's um, another podcast on its own. It's another too. podcast. Yeah. Let me just say this. It's not as bad oh, as Oh, she's I... got things to say. <laughs> um no, it's it's been good. It's been very good. It's exceeded my expectations. Let's okay, say that. Good. Exceeded your expectations. There we go. We'll a, say that. Well, that's a very good You can cut that out later way. if you want. Yeah. Um so you're in this role, mm-hmm. uh, family life pastor here at Southridge. Can you just just give us the high level summary of like so what do you do all day? What is that role? As a family life pastor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so let me just tell you a bit about how the department works because I oversee the department. And so um, in our department, we have myself, and then we have Keith Kyer, Jill Venema, and Jade Bowie. And Jade is our um, our family ministry admin director, so she keeps us all completely organized, which is a massive role, as you can imagine. Um, and then, so the way it works, and this is actually good to explain this, because I've, I've found since I've been in my role for the last year and a half that it's not always super clear. Um but we have centralized roles and decentralized roles. And what I mean by that is Jill, Keith, and I, we all have a, a role that affects all three locations. Um, and so, and I'll get into that in a second. And then we also have like a Sunday morning role where we each play um, or eat, not play. We are the family life pastor in our location. So Keith is a family life pastor here at Glenridge. I'm saying that because we're recording at Glenridge. Yeah. I'm the family life pastor in um, Vineland, and Jill is the family life pastor in Welland. But that's our decentralized role. Our centralized role is Keith um, is our youth pastor, so he oversees junior high, senior high. Jill is our kids specialist, so she looks after our Little Lights program, which is nursery, preschool, and then M&S, which is K-5. to and then my area of specialization is um, providing supports for marriages, um, for parents, and I also oversee our Brave Girls program. So that's the breakdown of how the department works. But essentially, yeah, we, we're here to invest in, partner with, support, provide resources and programs to families. Yeah, so you're the person who's ultimately kind of moving down the field, our church's ministry to families and for mm-hmm. families. Uh, by primarily supervising this department in in this multi-site configuration. I'd hope that our members who are listening are understanding the, the nuance of how you're describing these family life pastors who are also specialists. I mean, that's, that's right. the technical term we use, right? Is, mm-hmm. a, is a family life pastor, you said kids specialist or student specialist or marriage and parenting specialist. Mm-hmm. The specialist being what you do centrally for the whole church. Yep. And then the family life pastor being a location-specific role that you play primarily on Sundays, although it factors into mm-hmm. you know how you're supporting one another during the week with kind of the local knowledge of, of your location and the local network that you have there. So it, it is a bit complicated for us to get our heads around, yeah. but it's 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 the way we do family life today uh, or works. family ministry in a multi-site environment. Yeah. yeah. And just to add to that, so like practically speaking, Keith Kyer, who's our youth specialist on a Sunday morning, he's the Glenridge family life pastor. If you have a question about marriage ministry, if you have a question about, you know, your child in nursery, Keith is your guy and he'll be able to answer those questions, direct you to the right people. Uh, solve whatever whatever problem might exist, even though he's the youth specialist. Yeah, he wears yeah. both hats. And and I was going to say, like one of the one of the big questions I'd be curious for people to n- know that I'm, I'm assuming people would wonder about is if they wanted to get involved in family life mm-hmm. or family ministry, who would they talk to? Yeah, so they talk to um, depending on what location they go to, they talk to the family life pastor in their location. 
and that's to get involved in any in any aspect of family ministry, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you could email the student specialist, you know, in mm-hmm. our case, Keith, if you if you want to get involved specifically in student ministry, whether you are from St. Catharines or not, or you could just go to your family life pastor if you're not from our St. Catharines location and talk to you, Carrie, in Vineland or yep. talk to Jill in Welland. Right? Yep. And yeah, and Jade. Jade's also available here yeah. um, at Glenridge on Sundays. So yeah, absolutely. Do you want to just walk us through the full menu of the different kinds of ministry offerings in these different areas, just so we have a bit of clarity as we get into this conversation? Yes, for sure. So under the the kids umbrella, so we have Little Lights, and that's our nursery and our preschool. And then we have M&S, um, which is K to 5. And both Little Lights and M&S, those are available on Sunday mornings. Um, and then in youth, we have Riot, which is middle school, grade 6, 7, 8, and Current, which is high school. Riot is available uh, we have a program uh, for Riot Age kids during the service on Sunday mornings. And then we also have midweek events um, for Riot and for Current. And then under the area of, of marriage, um, so we have something called Before Forever, which is um, uh, a process that we invite people to, or we require people yeah. <laughs> to participate in yeah, to be married here at Southridge. Yeah. Um, and then we have different ways that we invest in marriages, whether it's through, um, you know, a retreat or a small group study or resources we share or one-on-one meetings or whatever that might be. Um, and then the same is, is with parenting. Um, you know, we we hopefully are trying to invest in parents through a lot of what we do on Sunday morning. But again, there's other uh, ways that we invest in parents. And then we also, Brave Girls is something that happens monthly. And we can talk more about that later if there's time. But that gives you kind of a overall big picture idea of what's yeah, well, under the, the umbrella. Ministry facets, exactly. For sure. Yep. Now, uh, you and I talk a lot. <clears throat> and uh, again, the purpose of this podcast is to allow people to kind of hang out around the campfire that we live in every day. Uh, We talk a lot about the three reasons why we have a family ministry or why we do family ministry. Mm -hmm. Do you want to whistle those off or do you want to just get into them? Yeah. I mean, a little bit of a test. (laughs) There's essentially three. So uh, the first is family ministry exists because we want to partner with parents and we believe that they're the greatest spiritual influence in the life of their kids. We only get to be with um, kids one, maybe two hours a week, whereas parents are with them all the time and kids are watching them. We always say, right, kids catch. Um, things are caught more than they're taught. Yeah. So kids are watching um, their parents and learning from their parents. So we want to invest in parents massively because we believe and research indicates that they really do have the greatest um, spiritual impact on on their kids' lives and what choices they make about their faith. And then the second uh, reason that family ministry exists is because we have this comprehensive um, strategy where we believe in the importance of um, a, a plan from zero to 18 or what we often call crib to cradle. Nope. Crib to crib college. Crib to college. <laughs> crib to cradle. College. <laughs> exactly. Cradle to college. Yeah. Crib to college. Yeah. Um, the idea that it's over these 18 years um, that that we invest. And then the third is that, um, like the rest of our church, we have this um, vision of a a three-dimensional lifestyle, a lifestyle of full devotion, where we um, call and invite kids in age-appropriate ways 
to participate in a life of inspiration, connection, and action. So those are kind of the three things. So there's the the zero to 18 strategy, there's the partnering with parents, and then there's the lifestyle of full devotion. Yeah, if uh, our members weren't confused enough with the whole family life pastor, you know, specialist in a certain way, now we're trying to get our heads around these three reasons. And it's, it's actually these three reasons why family ministry exists around here that I want to camp out on in the bulk of this conversation today. Again, uh, not coincidentally on, on Family Day Monday. So um, let's start out with this this partnering with parents value because this objective, uh, I would say, has changed over the years. Mm-hmm. You know, if I think back in the different ministry areas eras that I've been a part of, you know, the, the first era was what I would call kind of the the kids' ministry era that Mm. was all about contemporizing your Sunday Mm. school, right? It was about the the lingo back then was about making your Sunday school or Mm. your kids' ministry the best hour of a kid's week. Mm -hmm. And then it felt like people awakened to the fact that development, Mm -hmm. and especially development of kids, happened uh, more comprehensively over 160, 168 hours than just one hour. And maybe we should look at this in a bit of a kind of mm. a broader way. Yeah. And uh, and I remember that the, there started to be a shift from just mm. this one hour program to now looking at it more comprehensively mm-hmm. as far as a time investment. And then there was another twist that I remember we had brought in a speaker at one point to, to envision our church and this guy named Mark Holman, who oh, wrote yeah. a book called Faith Begins at Home. Um, that talked about the, the, the primary influences statistically mm-hmm. in a child's life aren't actually the church. Mm-hmm. They're not youth leaders or, you know, kids, teachers or, uh, you know, even pastors that the primary influences are mom and dad. Totally. And so then there was this idea of, I would say all of that has shifted the thinking around uh, family ministry in this way to say, listen, instead of us focusing exclusively or primarily mm. on creating this like light show, mm-hmm. amazing hour of their week, um, we're going to number one, invest in all 168 hours of their week. Cause that's going to be more developmental. And number two, we're going to try to resource the better, more significant influences of the parents Absolutely. in order to do that. And so, you know, I just want people to understand the, the history mm-hmm. of this. Um, talk about from your perspective now, being in it for a couple of years, why is the partnering with parents so important? So um, we get this idea from Orange, which is where a lot of our curriculum comes from, or all of our curriculum comes from, and our, our training. And we've really bought into this vision, and it really tracks with us. And the idea behind Orange is that the church is um, yellow, the light of the world, and the home is red, being like the hearts. And so when you bring together both um, the yellow and the red, the You get orange. You get orange, (laughs) right. When you bring together the church and and the home, you get orange. And it's the idea that we can do so much more together than we can do apart. And we want to invest in parents because, I mean, I think there was. I think back to when I went to Sunday school, back when I was a kid, there was a bit of an idea that um, you go to Sunday school and that's where you learn about God and the teachers there are going to invest in you and that's where you develop spiritually when actually that's, like you said, just one hour in every week. And so the parents have much more of a responsibility and much more of a privilege. And so we want to actually empower and encourage and resource parents to partner with us so that 
together we can do more. Yeah, and, and part of the reason, like you've said, part of the reason we've leveraged this orange curriculum and all the investment that this orange, it's actually a ministry, right, yeah. that, that this orange ministry offers in conferences and training mm-hmm. and things uh, is because of this this power of partnership when the light of the church and the heart of the home kind of blend together yeah. and we're working better together than we could alone, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And, uh, and, and at the same time, you're talking about the, the opportunity or responsibility that, that parents have as the primary mm-hmm. influence. I mean, for some of our members, that might be new information right now. They might be assuming, hey, I send my kid or I bring my kid right. to a program during the week or to uh, 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 M&S or mm-hmm. Riot on Sundays. And I'm assuming that that's their primary spiritual influence. Statistically, that wouldn't be the case. And so this might be a wake-up call for parents mm-hmm. who are listening. Mm-hmm. Um, getting practical then, how, how? what are some of the ways that we create partnership with parents around here? How do we build that bridge? Right. So again, back to Orange, um, one of the things we, we access from Orange is these parent cue sheets. So if you have a child in uh, nursery, preschool, M&S, you'll notice that when you leave, you get a sheet. And that's called your parent cue sheet, and it gives you a summary of some of the things that your child has learned that day, and it gives you – there's a a devotion there for parents where we can kind of pour into you and and resource you in in your relationship with God and and just hopefully deepen that connection. And then it also gives you some take-home questions, maybe some activities you can do at home, something you can check out online, and all of that also lines up with the parent cue app. So if you remember last spring, we did a really big push to encourage parents, and we've talked about this from time to time on social media, but there is a, a free Parent Q app um, that, again, is is made by Orange. And you actually, if you have children, you you put in their, their names, their ages, um, day they were born, the year they were born, and then actually it will tell you, if I have my phone in front of me, I would show you, but it pops up my kids with their picture and how many weeks you have left with them before they graduate. (laughs) Yeah, for real. So it's, um, it's quite sobering and it's not actually meant to be depressing. It's meant to show you, this is how much time you have left with your child before they graduate from grade 12. So make the most of the time that you have, because it goes by quickly. Um, anyways, and then what it will show you every week is, um, it will give you some kind of a, a question to ask your child based on the lesson they learned on Sunday. Um, for younger kids, there's a video to watch with your child, you know, just a short video. But there's some kind of an action step that reinforces the lesson from Sunday. Or if for some reason you've missed church on Sunday, you can even get caught up so that when you come back to church, you're still familiar with the series that we're in and what we're learning. So it's a really easy, user-friendly way for um, for us to partner with parents. The other thing that we've really tried to up our game on is our social media presence. And so um, we've worked with with Kelly Smaldon, our communications director, to um, to work towards building a strong presence on social media for two reasons. One, we want to communicate with parents. We want to let them know what's happening, um, what's coming up, how they can register, all that kind of stuff. And then we also want to provide resources. So you'll notice on social media, we often will promote a book or a blog post or a podcast or something that we're learning with the idea that we want to get as many resources into the hands of parents. And we want parents to know that we're in this together because the thing about parenting is um, it's scary and you can feel alone. And so the more that we can normalize some of the struggles that we have as parents, 
I think the more um, equipped and the less alone and the less afraid that we all feel. Fabulous. The other thing I was thinking about, and I know it's not directly necessarily a family ministry resource, but it's something that we have access to that I know family ministries try to encourage and leverage often through that social media is this right now media yeah. resource that we have. Just talk about that so our members know that this exists as well. Yeah. So right now media is um, is something that we provide as a church. It's it's free. Um, it's um, To be clear, it's free to members. We pay right. for it. We right? pay we for pay it. We pay a subscription for this it's a website right yep, exactly um you know i kind of compare it to like the netflix it's it's much like netflix you go on with a password and you can see all different kinds of um there's bible studies on there there's um you know movies for your kids shows for your kids but it's all from a faith perspective and so it, it's meant to be a resource for your kids yeah faith-based family resources Absolutely. and i know right now media resources us in so many other ways than just family ministry but one of the things i've noticed on the site is there is a huge library mm-hmm. of family and parent resources yeah that is part of the reason why we've made the investment to have this subscription as a church so that in our partnership mm-hmm. with parents we can again continue to support and resource what they're doing yep. in those hours. And if at you home. go on our um, right now media page, which you would go on once you get a password, you'll see even ones that we've recommended. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, any sort of leading edge conversations that you guys are having these days as a department on improvements or next steps or ideas on how to better partner with parents? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the one of the creative events or one of the creative ideas that we're working towards um, this spring is actually hosting a phases event. And again, this is a resource that we've used from Orange and it's really powerful and it's all tied in with the Parent Q app. But it's the idea that not only is there so many weeks that you have with your child before they graduate, but that every child is in a phase and each phase is unique and each phase some of us as parents think our kids are chronically in a phase (laughs) exactly exactly each phase is unique um each phase has its own challenges each phase has its own um upsides as well and so um a phase event basically helps parents realize they're not alone they're not going crazy here's what some of the needs that your child has in the phase that they're in whether it's grade four grade five grade six and so on and then to even connect with other parents that are in the same stage as you and to learn from each other so that's something that we can look forward to this spring yeah good uh the other thing i was going to say is you know as members who are listening to this especially those who are parents and or who are involved in family ministry, if you have ideas, knowing that this is one of the objectives of our family ministry to partner with parents in this way, to equip the primary influences in a child's life and to build this bridge where we're better together, uh, let us know. Share Mm -hmm. either with Carrie or with someone in the department. Share your ideas on ways that we could build that bridge better because this is a very, very Mm -hmm. critical way in which... Uh, we're trying mm-hmm. to develop this ministry. Absolutely. Um, shifting gears now to this second objective. There's three objectives primarily for this family ministry. The second objective is this spiritual developmental plan. And again, I don't know how many members are aware of this, but you guys are hyper deliberate to evaluate as a church, mm-hmm. again, partnering with parents, but as a church in the role that we're playing viewing our developmental investment from age zero to Mm. the time a person would leave the home and typically go to college or university Mm. or or move out, right? What what you've called, you know, crib to college and to be very strategic about that. Can you talk about what that 
kind of under the hood conversation sounds like or feels like when when you're in the middle of it? Yeah, essentially, um, we want to be able to invest in kids and we want to create a, a strategy where we can come alongside kids, introduce them to the overall story of scripture, to the love of God, to what it means to have a relationship with Christ. And so we do that in age-appropriate ways. And so that starts in nursery. And in nursery, it might be something as simple as singing songs with kids or reading them a story or just having some worship music playing while they're there, but developing a relationship with them and with their parents. And then in preschool is when we really get into the Bible stories and developing um, an understanding of Scripture. And then, of course, that deepens throughout M&S. <coughs> Sorry, I have to cough. Um and again, the cool thing about this orange curriculum is that we use it all the way through. Our Riot kids use orange curriculum. Um, current is a little bit different because we're customizing our, our curriculum with current kids just because we want to be more specific as to what the needs of the kids are. And that's something actually that if you have Keith Kyer on here, you can talk to him about because him and uh, myself and Mike Kraus are working on creating just that curriculum for youth that is um, that is really impactful. But that's kind of the overall sense of, of zero to 18. The other thing that we've really worked on, I think, improving in this last year is marking those transitions well, whether it's from moving a child from nursery to preschool, from preschool to MS, from MS to riot, from riot to current. Because again, one of the things we're learning is that how those transitions um, are handled and marked makes a difference as to whether we set up that child for success in, in the next program. And so we really want to be a part of that child's life for those 18 years and, and, and launch them. So yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool idea. I know when I've been part of these conversations to, to appreciate that there's a group of people around here partnering with this orange ministry, which is a whole set of supports that -hmm. have taken a step back to say, by the time a person goes to college or, you know, they're 18 ish, um, if they've tracked with us as a church consistently, here are the set of comprehensive spiritual faith, you know, biblical yep. kind of awareness and conviction deliverables. Here's the set of yep. deliverables that we're confident they're going to be equipped with. Totally. That, totally. It's, it's been a very inspiring uh, kind of set of conversations for me to even be a part of, to think that there's that much deliberacy and that mm. much kind of continuity in how we're trying to build mm-hmm. the the lives developing kids and mm-hmm. and young adults. And so I, I guess, you know, my only reaction for, for those of us members who are listening is if we have kids, you know, in this age kind of window mm-hmm. from, from crib to college, as we call it, um, to realize that there's more importance to actually showing up to this stuff oh, than totally. just than just kind of checking the box of, oh, I attended church or I went to riot this time or whatever. Like, no, no, gang, there's a ton of deliberacy Mm -hmm. that goes behind each of these lessons and each Mm -hmm. of these weeks. And in a very Jeff Mannion, you know, faithful over a long period of time. Yeah. The goal is that over the course of that 18 or so years, people would develop in a way where they have quite a comprehensive spiritual development and acquaintance to the Bible and and its core teachings. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're wondering what our goals are, I mean, um, regarding like the different ministries and stages, you can find that all on our website. But yeah, that's a great point. I mean, it's it's not just bringing your kids to church to have fun. We actually want to 
introduce your kids and then guide them through the overall arc of scripture. Yeah. And I would say, you know, final comment on this would be if, if again, if you're a parent or you're involved in the ministry or you're a, a friend to parents or an aunt and uncle or whatever, mm-hmm. and, you know, you happen to notice in a certain stage or sense a, a real deficiency mm-hmm. around a kind of development, mm-hmm. uh, let us know. Because mm-hmm. this is one of the primary reasons that this ministry exists, to create this holistic mm-hmm comprehensive spiritual development plan so that by the time a kid enters adulthood, uh, they've actually been exposed to the key components Mm. of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Third third aspect then, and you'd alluded to it earlier uh, in regards to this lifestyle of full devotion that we talk about around here. Three dimensions, inspiration, connection, and action. We have three primary programs around here. We've talked about that in previous podcasts, but I I hope people can appreciate that one of the key reasons why family ministry, in a sense, has to exist Mm. is because when we offer these three primary programs to drive three aspects of a lifestyle of full devotion, we offer those programs at an adult level. Yeah. Right. We we offer a Sunday service. Mm-hmm. We offer life groups. We offer experiences and anchor causes that are pretty adult oriented. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to have the bandwidth to both serve adults effectively and be relevant to all the different ages and stages of kids. Totally. So instead of creating, and this is very important, instead of people appreciating that these ministries exist for like babysitting service mm. while we serve the adults. We're actually trying to do the same thing with the kids, but in age-appropriate ways. We're trying to expose them Mm. to these aspects of the lifestyle of full devotion in the age-appropriate ways according to their stage in life. And so can you talk a little bit about what that means practically in in the context of the different uh, worlds that are family ministry? Yeah, so currently we expose kids and students to our lifestyle of inspiration, connection, action, um, and we've actually started using using the language of um, vib- a vibrant spirituality where kids are making a difference in community. So using those three pieces, yeah. um, that's what we're inviting kids into, like you said, in age-appropriate ways. Um, inspiration, of course, is uh, happens primarily on a Sunday. So that's through the the worship time that we have together. That's through the large group teaching that the kids experience, um, and then the very con- very much like it does for adults. Very much right? like it does for adults. Absolutely, uh, the connection that happens through our small groups. So yeah, for those of you who are unfamiliar with how. Sunday morning works, for example, Um, if you were to pop your head into the gym, the kids start in small groups. And then at about 10.15, we kick off with with worship and a large group lesson. There's always like a fun activity in there as well, usually to introduce the theme for the morning. Um, There's a birthday song. There's a collection of the offering. There's more worship. And then at the end, uh, the kids go into their small groups where they debrief what they've just learned. And so there might be an activity or a craft or something to drive home um, the points, the lesson, where they can unpack it in a way that feels safe with their small group leader. So, um, yeah, so that really is the inspiration piece. The connection piece um, happens primarily through the small groups, which, again, is very much model- modeled after how we do life groups. It just happens to happen on a Sunday morning. Um Although we um, also have small groups, if we were to kind of move into move forward to talk about Raya and Current, small groups actually is foundation foundational to how that um, both those ministries work. 
And then the the inspir or the action piece, um, there's a couple of ways. I mean, one, this is very much woven into the curriculum. Um, the other thing that I would want to highlight is that we have two compassion kids from Ecuador and Lewis and Jasmine. And so um, we always tell our kids that like 100% of what they bring in for an offering goes towards Lewis and Jasmine. And so that's not like keeping the lights on in the building. That's yeah. going yeah. directly to yeah. those kids. And so actually it's funny, uh, Jade has just actually put or blown up the pictures of Lewis and Jasmine, put them in frames for each of the locations just as a a visual to remind kids of like, these are our kids. And so, um, you know, if there's a new letter from Lewis and Jasmine, then the kids get to read it at Christmas time. They had written Christmas cards to Lewis and Jasmine. So our compassion piece is um, a super important part of of our action. Um, or making a difference, um, part of the three, three-dimensional lifestyle. The other thing that we just tried this year, and it went over really well, is um, we had a parallel experience for Hope Lives. So Hope Lives always happens around November, I guess, yep. just before, Christmas, yeah, just before um, Christmas for adults. And so we worked together with Nate Dirks, um, and, um, and Jill worked with um, the Compassion curriculum called Step Into My Shoes, and we were able to create four really, really fantastic weeks where the kids were exposed to many of the same conversations that we were exposed to and then um, had a chance to talk about those with their parents, you know, with some questions and some action steps. And so that was great. They learned how hard it is to make water and what it's like to make a football – or not how hard it is to make water. How hard it is to make clean water yeah, from dirty yeah, water. yeah. yeah. Um, what it's like to make a, a football using different scraps, what it's like to be barefoot, um, and and got really introduced to some really cool um, people who actually had been to different different parts of um, the world, and particularly the developing world. So that was a we felt like that was a really big win, and we'll do that again. But um, yeah, those are and some ways. I would ways. say that's that's probably the hardest part in this value of family ministry. Mm-hmm. I would say this is the hardest part from my observation is. In such a missional church, yeah. meaning in a in a church that's fostering this lifestyle of full devotion that is so heavy on the difference making mm. that the action value and so invested in it and so mm. uh, so fully inviting people into that aspect to mirror mm. that at a lifestyle level for kids has been really tough. Mm-hmm. And so I know that, you know, thinking about some of the ways we're trying to grow and improve, especially in current and, and even in riot, yeah. you know, it, it would be great for us to figure out ways to be able to expose kids to more of that aspect of the lifestyle of full devotion in particular. Totally. Even though we're all we're trying to develop all of them, I think, moving forward. Totally. Um Yeah, I mean, actually, it's funny. Our preschoolers just finished a month where they had this theme of helping others. And so um, they actually brought in for four weeks different ingredients, uh, baking supplies for the shelter. And so they each made these bags that they decorated and then they went home and filled them. And so week after week um, in the month of January, they brought in bags of baked goods for the shelter. And so that was just a really practical way that these preschoolers could understand that they can make a difference. The other thing I will say about action, and this goes back to partnering with parents, is that um, like this is an area where our kids are watching us. And so if we're involved in our anchor cause, our kids notice that. And one of the best gifts we can give our kids is to involve our kids with us in our relationship with our migrant workers, with our families at risk, with our our volunteering in the shelter. Because, um, you know, that's just 
massively impactful for for our kids to see. That's a great um, comment. That as much as we're trying to create ways to engage kids directly at their age and stage, mm. to be included in how their parents oh, yeah. are living out both engaging in the programs and beyond the programs at a lifestyle level, living yep. out the lifestyle of action. The kids can be involved in that and 100%. they can be around it and, and associated yeah. with it as their parents are engaged in that. And so that's a super important yeah, and well. we even we even found it um, when we did so for the month of November when we did the Hope Lives for Kids. Um, you know, in one of the first weeks, I guess the first week, we were talking with the kids about um, we didn't want to take for granted that kids knew about compassion, so we're introducing compassion, we're introducing the idea of a sponsor child. Um, we were prepared to talk about how like we all have a sponsor child through Lewis and Jasmine because we didn't want to assume that kids all had a sponsor child or knew what a sponsor child was. But what we learned is that most of the kids in our MS all have a sponsor child, write to the sponsor child, pray for the sponsor child. Yeah, yeah. Some go visit their sponsor yeah. child. And so to hear overhear these kids in their small groups all comparing notes on their kids and where they live in the world was really, really cool that this has become so normal. Um, and so... So yeah, so yeah. way to go, parents. Super, super encouraging. Hey, uh, as we wrap up, are, are there any kind of big plans for family ministry that are in the hopper that you can kind of excite us about or envision us towards as the ministry continues to develop in pursuing specifically these three objectives that we've talked about today? Yeah, there's a there's a couple things. Um, I mean, the one thing that I'll highlight uh, quickly is that uh, Jade Bowie, our director of, of administration, she's been working with our check-in teams at each location to um, provide some training and encouragement for them. You might even notice now they have new shirts that say here to serve. And so part of that is just recognizing that in a partnering with parents um, mentality or mindset, that our check-in teams are actually the front lines. So they're the ones that are- They are the first impression. They're the first impression. The first, yeah, the yeah. first point of contact for, for a family and for parents. That's right. And so they're the ones that are, are you know, meeting and greeting and getting to know the parents when you bring your child in and you're signing them in and so on. And so Jade's been working closely with them to just really enhance that experience. And that's been really cool. And they're just stepping up into that role. And it's been awesome. So that's something we're we're excited about. The other thing is, and this has kind of been rumbling for the last, well, at least since I've started a year and a half ago, is this idea that, um, you know, for a church like ours who cares so much about, um, you know, being missional and, and so much, we care so much about those who are marginalized, um, it would make sense that at some point we start to provide ministry to uh, families with special needs. And so through just a few things that happened this fall, different conversations we found ourselves in and even connecting with another church in um, that actually, Jeff, you connected us with in the UK that does some cool things. We started to realize that it's time and there there are some, some needs and it would be great for us actually to be proactive in this rather than reactive. And so just as a, at a very grassroots level, um, we have uh, connected with about 10 people who have an interest in special needs ministry. And actually, um, they just met at the end of January to talk and dream and to pray about what that could look like. Um, and so there's a few things that will be happening this coming year. One is um, we're going to actually have a, a sensory room that's available here at Glenridge. And then the other locations will have a sensory box 
with some supplies that are available if a child comes and they need some some help focusing or some you know some strategies. The other thing is that um, we're realizing that there is quite a few people, you know, this 10, 10 to 12 uh, people that I mentioned, and even more beyond that, who have a passion for for serving families with special needs and have some training. And so much in the way that we have a first response team where there's always somebody available on a Sunday morning if there was a health crisis, uh, we're going to have somebody available each location um, who's a special needs um Support. Support. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, um, yeah, so they'll be they'll be called upon to sit with a child. We're by no means taking kids out of our programs. We want to be um, coming alongside the kids in the programs and, ma- and make it as um, inclusive an experience as possible. But sometimes there's a child that just needs some extra support or a strategy or two or go for a walk or whatever it is. And so um, – so yeah, so we're starting small, you know, as we think about being faithful in the small, this feels like the next right thing to do. And so we'll be looking forward to having um, supports in each location on a cool. Sunday morning. Cool. Yeah. We'll look forward to that too. Listen, uh, Carrie, thanks so much for being with us today, gang. As you're listening, if you have uh, questions, ideas, if you want to get involved or want a next step, either as a, a parent or a participant in the in the ministry, contact Carrie or contact yep. the Family Life Pastor at your location. But on this Family Day Monday, I hope that you are inspired for all the ways our church family uh, is growing in our capacity to serve families in this partnership that we call family mm-hmm. ministry. It's a really cool uh, part of mm-hmm. our church. And uh, I know I enjoyed the years uh, being on the board with you together, Carrie, but uh, it's been fun leading together with you in this way. So I hope our, awesome. our members are catching catching that as well. So thanks again for joining us, gang. We'll see you next week uh, as we continue finding our way. Take care. Take care.